0: One thing every organization that moves towards self-management will have to deal with is how does this affect pay? Right? Salaries. And you know, essentially there's I, th- I think four questions. Um, is you know, who gets paid how much? Um, you know, after that it's who gets to get a, a pay raise. Um, after that, it's how transparent are we about this? And, and finally, you know, what do we do about bonuses and, uh, and incentives? And um, let me walk you through some thoughts for each of those. Um, about who gets what. Um, what I see happening in uh, many organizations that move towards self-management is that for the first time, they're really grappling with the questions about having to justify um, sort of the salary differences. Right? What, what happens in a lot of organizations is that all that is pretty secret and if you came in the organization and you negotiated well for yourself You made more money than somebody else who might do the exact same job, right? We know for instance that that kind of disparity um, exists ac- across gender and, and race and class um, And so as companies start to grapple with this, um, I've seen quite a few companies try to come up with some sort of model transparent model about how pay works. Right? Um, one organization uh, called Buffer, um, a social media organization, has actually published quite some blogs about their different iterations. Um, They've been very transparent around this, and I think it's very interesting to follow um, you know, what they're learning along the way. And, uh, in, in general, what these models work with is um, some systems of bands, right? and I refer you to the previous video, uh, 4.4.7, um, where I talk about some, some bans, um, and then sometimes they add other criteria like, you know, if you live in an expensive city, then they might do a cost-of-living adjustment. Um, they, uh, often there's simply an adjustment needed um, for specific hard-to-recruit skills, right? If you need a coder in IT, well, for some reason, whether they deserve it or not, they're paid so much more, and if we want to attract somebody, well, we probably need to pay more. Um, whether that's that's really fair or not, so there's you know different parameters that you can add to to such a model um, and um, yeah, so that's that's something you might choose to do. Um, here's something which I would urge you not to do, and that is to link the pay to the roles that you that you play right um, it might be a natural thing to do, okay, yeah, this person you know has these five roles, and let's just try to put you know, some money on on these various roles. Um, and I think it's a very bad idea because what you want to do is hold these roles lightly. You don't want to invest them with any, any charge. Like, I currently have these six roles, but you know, um, this one role takes so much more time. Can somebody take off, you know, offload me from this role for a while or for forever? You want these roles to be fluid and people just, you know, and gravitate to these different roles based on the needs of the organizations without having an afterthought of like, oh, yeah, but this role is paid less, oh, I don't want to abandon this role. Because then, you know, all of the old fears and politics come in and everything is, you know, starts to slow down again and be less organic. Um, so please, again, you know, don't turn roles into positions that people try to aspire for, you know, because they might get them more pay. Um, so a second question is, okay, but you know, once we've established sort of the pay and, you know, it's, it's, it's um, you know, out there and people understand the model, um, who gets a pay raise? And um, Here I won't talk too much about it because I've, I've talked about it in, in detail in the book where I talk, for instance, about the the way that um, Morningstar um, you know, has a yearly cycle where people use the form of advice process to self-set their salaries. Um, if you go to reinventingorganizationswiki.com, there's an article on salaries, and it gives you more examples of you know how self-set pay can work, or um, actually ranking-based pay, which is another um, methodology that you can use. Um, and all of these methodologies, you can use them whether you have a ranking system or not, right? You could use them to say, oh, you know, um, we use this advice process to determine when a person moves up a rank, and with that rank, they might you know, come a higher salary. Um, um, Now the third thing is this question of how transparent should we be about it? Um, Now, I I believe that um, you know, the ideal is to be fully transparent. There's no reason to hide any of this. Um, And I've heard from a few organizations that have, um, you know, one day made all of the salaries public. And they found that, you know, there's a bit of shock and upheaval uh, for a while because people look and compare and like, wow, you know, that doesn't seem fair that he's making so much more than she is. or you know. um, But after a while, you know, people move on, you know, there's other things to worry about. And, and what you can do is, you know, if you wouldn't have a model, say, of, you know, bands um, that, that provides some uh, more or less objectivity to this, then, you know, People who had a salary that was higher than what they needed to have, um, you know they they can then simply not get an increase until the band catches up right and in that way you know they don't they don't get penalized um, then there's a big question of sort of bonus and incentives right um, and all the companies that you know do self management that i've that I've seen seem to have stepped away from. Having individual bonuses right and they go to some form of profit sharing right and that just makes so much sense to me um, I mean bonuses um, and incentives you know are just this this very strong medication that just has these terrible side effects you know that that make you more sick than they make you healthy um, you know they you know, it distorts our way of functioning it, um, yeah, just blah let, let's get rid of that um, and you know people should be motivated to do their job um, because the job is purposeful because they have meaningful relationships with clients because they feel powerful and can move things to do a good job and you know that that is the motivation um, that being said um when the organization is very profitable, then everybody should get you know a fair share of that profitability right um, now if you're employee-owned organization, then obviously sort of all the profits um, could be uh, distributed. In the case where um, um, it's not an employee-owned organization, I've seen sort of rules of thumb where people say, hey, 30% of all the profits get redistributed. And in most cases um, it's the same amount per person. So for people who have lower salaries, that represents much more in um, percentage of their salary then for more senior people, right? And in quite some organizations, you know, people can make two or three four months of salaries a year just in profit sharing because a lot of these self-managing organizations, you know, operate so well. Um, you can have more complicated systems where you say, hey, yeah, it's a percentage of your salary, but then we cap it for the highest or it's somehow linked to How long you've worked with a company, you know, you can do all sorts of things but I think, you know, to keep it simple, say the same fixed amount for everyone um, is probably the the easiest. Um, There's one company um, in the United States here in upstate New York um, that um, has found a a little twist to that. Um, Their model is that the profit-sharing is paid out not once a year, but every month. Um, And they find that that's, um, you know, sort of a much uh, stronger motivator, a much stronger link to the organization. Um, And people sort of directly feel that this thing evolves with, you know, how well the organization is operating. And they also found that, you know, it makes it people are confronted with the the organization's results um, every month, and that for a lot of people, um, that really increases sort of their uh, financial literacy, right? As like, um, so this is an uh, an organization Optimax that makes optical lenses, and so um, you know people in, f- in on the shop floor that are making these lenses. Well, they they get to understand how the finance work and why this month we get this amount, last month we had this amount, um, which is obviously very beneficial for them and for the for the whole organization. Um, so yeah, these are the four questions. And let me add a fifth one is, you know, when would be a good time to start worrying about this? And here my advice would be, uh, do it later rather than sooner. And I've I've heard from some organizations who thought that this was a big symbol to make, for instance, salaries transparent early on. Um, and um, I would urge you to you know, do it later rather than, than sooner, like get, get some other victories under your belt, you know, get, get the organization to function well with self-management um, and, and you know, let there build up some maturity because everything that has to do with money is so charged for all of us um, that, you know, you want to do this when there is sort of a, you know, maximum amount of maturity that you can have and so doing that early on in the process it's probably going to open up a can of worms, and it's, it's not worth it. Um, maybe one last thought, um, which I find really juicy. Um, all of the companies that I've seen so far uh, moving towards self-management still stay in the framework of meritocracy. Right? So the framework that, you know, if you play a more senior role, right, if your roles are looking at broader questions, rather than sort of more narrow questions, then you should make more money. And, um, you know, a friend of mine, Miki Kashtan, has helped me, you know, challenge me on this. And, um, and she believes strongly, and I believe too, that the world we're moving into will step away from meritocracy in terms of pay towards needs-based pay, right? You know, I might have a very senior role but if you are a junior and you have, you know, um, you know, old parents to take care of, you know, if you have several children and if you take in foster children and, I don't know, you know, you need more money than I do, irrespective of what our roles are, what our jobs are, right? Um, that only makes sense to me. Um, but, yeah, we're still very far from this being mainstream. And, you know, when organizations try to move in this direction, it's very hard. Like... It's hard to attract senior people who can then suddenly be making two or three, you know, five times more outside than within the organization. So, you know, I think this will be a slow move in this direction. But I, I still think that holding on to that notion, that needs matter, is interesting and important. And um, one way you could do that is that you could have um, people, sort of by default, um, contributing into. a a needs-based fund in the organization and you could do that as a percentage of of the salary and um, uh, People could choose to opt out of it if they wanted to and then you have a fund that is available for anybody who is in you know anybody's in special need in in, You know something's happened in their life and they need more money And I think that that could be sort of a beautiful system that you start, you know, uh, you know sensitizing people to Um, the notion of needs next to the notion of meritocracy. Perhaps you've noticed there is no paywall, no monthly membership to access this video series. That's because the videos live in the gift economy. This is how it works. I gift everything that goes into making the videos, my time, energy, and insights, and you get to choose what feels right to gift back. Please take a moment to reflect on what would feel good to give in return to help me continue doing this work. Thank you.